All right, Allison, you have a you have a pickup line for us today? Yeah. I don't know how to start a pickup line like these like, "Hey girl, are you kinchy? We're ferment to be." <laughs> Wait, that's really good actually. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Ryan, and this is Don't Meet, Don't me, meet in me in the, in the Middle, middle. <laughs> where we watch the first episode of a drama, and the last episode of a drama, then we rate the whole drama based on those two episodes. So this episode we watched the last chapter of Dinner Mate, chapter 32, uh, which was, um, spoiler alert, not great, not great at all. I mean, the first episode wasn't that great. So what do you mean by episode 32? I mean, chapter 32 not being great. There were just some things that I expected to happen within this chapter specifically that didn't happen for whatever reason. You already said spoiler alert. Do you want to be more specific? No, we'll get to it when we get to it because I'm going to rant about it for a while. But specifically, the ending really disappointed me. Uh... But we'll get to it when we get to it. I was about to say, hmm, wonder what that could be. (laughs) Oh, well. All right. So in this episode, we're introduced to a bunch of new characters that I'm going to kind of gloss over their scenes because they're not important to us since we don't really know who they are at this point in the story. Well, because we haven't watched it. So our introduction scene is the doctor and the director. And they're eating dinner with this one man. And he asks if they're living together now. So they've been dating for a while, supposedly. So that's the implication I get anyways. The director insists that they aren't living together and that getting married is hard. And the doctor is kind of like, kind of jokingly bitter about it because I think he wants to get married. But I guess the implication is that she's not ready for a proposal or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. What did you think? Oh, I agree. She's like... Maybe a little commitment phobic. So it's like, no, we haven't moved in together. No, we're not getting married. Or marriage is not on the table right now. He does mm-hmm. seem salty. I think because he does want those things. And he doesn't like that she's um, a little phobic. And I, since we never seen the new person at the dinner table, I thought maybe he was being a little intrusive since it's already already dated for so long or whatever why is he asking these questions yeah it confused me as well but i guess he was a major character in this drama because he comes up quite frequently in this episode he i think he is a major character and because i accidentally watched the wrong episode i kind (laughs) of have a huge glimpse of the middle so i want to ask you what you think about him near the end um okay Yeah, we can do that later. Mm -hmm. So it looks like the friend, so the guy that they're talking to, he was out of the country or something, or he was in the country, out of the city, wherever he was, doing labor work with a friend who we also get introduced to later. But in my head, I was like, oh my God, they're together. They're in love. Oh, honey, (laughs) no. I know, I know. It's not the case. Yeah. But I don't know. I was like, that's that's a little too friendly for me. Their dynamic is unusual. So I'm going to give the the dinner guest a nickname. I'm going to call him the homeless doctor because he was a homeless doctor. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, he's not gay, even though we all wish there'd be more LGBT representation in K-dramas. Sadly, yeah. that's not the case. Yeah. But he's cute. I think he, he could be your type. Honestly, I wasn't paying attention to him, so... Okay. I'm not going to go watch this drama again, so I'll just take Fair your enough. word for it. So the influencer goes to grab a friend from her work. So it turns out to be the manager at her job, I believe. Director, manager. So the main female lead asks the CEO boss, hey, come get dinner with me because it's a ruse slash a setup. She wants the CEO friend to come over because homeless doctor and CEO lady have history. So she tricks her CEO to come get dinner because she thinks, oh, it's girl's night. I'm just treating her when really homeless doctors there and then as soon as they lock eyes it's it's end game the tension is palpable you can feel it in the air it's very intense (laughs) and the main couple they they exit they they're like okay you guys have some catching up to do and they bounce yeah they eat out but the doctor really has no nunchi here because he doesn't leave immediately even though his girlfriend is obviously dragging her out of the restaurant him out of the restaurant why are you sick and he's like and she's like come on you know it's an excuse i'm just using it as an excuse to leave he's a doctor so yeah he's got no nunchi yeah it was really disappointing to see as the director and doctor are walking away from the restaurant she talks about how she met the guy and he was homeless and she talked to him and he was kind and the doctor's like hey you shouldn't do that because that's like how serial killers get their victims which to be fair is a valid argument, I would say. Um, I don't think it's a valid argument. You don't think so? So, I like to read a lot of crime statistics. And then we say, like, crimes are committed by, like, the people that you know. It's never, like, a random stranger. Or it's very, very rare for it to be a random stranger. And he's chastising her for, like, being naive. Like, you're too friendly, you're too trusting, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this just feels condescending. Yeah, to be fair, he's he's very condescending in their relationship throughout this entire episode, I think. Mm-hmm. Which is a pretty strange dynamic, considering it her is... previous fiancé, or her previous boyfriend, sorry, not fiancé. It is a strange dynamic. Then he's like, why are you this naive like why are you like this and he's like if i wasn't like this we never would have met because you were a stranger and you just asked me to be like your dinner mate and i said yes if i never if i wasn't naive or if i didn't say yes we never would have you know met Mm -hmm. fell in love and be in a relationship he's like okay you're right continue being naive like you make good points girlfriend and i'm like i don't like you psychiatrist doctor boyfriend is that how it ends? My implication was that he said to her that he should be the last person that she does that to. Yeah, don't don't be nice to anyone else. Only be nice to me. I'm all the man you'll ever need or want. No more friends for you. I don't know if I go that far, but yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Oh yeah, so then the next scene is he's having lunch with a mother-in-law. Yeah, we go back to the doctor's house and side note, the doctor has a clear fridge, which is like peak sophistication to me because having a clear fridge also means that you have to have nice looking inside fridge Mm -hmm. and no one i know has a nice looking inside fridge like it's insane so to have the confidence to have a clear door fridge oh it's so much it's so confident like you don't care 
And also,、uh, it's so neat. That's like, you have to have enough food to make it look presentable, but you can't、mm-hmm. have too much food because then it will look messy. I. It's just a perfect balance. No, it's a, it's a really good tangent. It's a really good point. I just don't think that's his house. I think it's the mother in law's house. Oh, I thought he invited her over because. I think he went、uh, to her house, be like, hey, mother in law, let's get some you and I bonding time. Let's complain about your daughter. My thought was that it was the doc. He goes back to his house, and then the、mm-hmm. next morning is the director's mother. Oh, maybe. Could be. Because, like, the, the outside changed between dark and light. So, I don't know. It's not too important. I just really like the fridge.、Yeah. One of the cast members is presented as having a nice fridge. And I think it makes sense to me in my mind for it to be the mom. Because I know that the daughter is a bad cook. And I know the mom's a good cook.、Mm. From that one episode that I watched. <laughs> yeah, the mother comes over. They talk about marriage. Or he goes over to her house, whichever.、Mm-hmm. And he asks her. To convince her daughter to go rush into marriage because he really wants to marriage her. Marriage, marriage her. her? He really wants to marriage her. Yes. Which yeah, is like,、she's... you know, a weird way of getting the mother's blessing, but also I guess he already had it to begin with. If they're eating lunch like that, I think it's safe to say the mom approves. I don't Probably, like his、yeah. tactic where it's like, hey, mother in law, can you、um, exude some social pressure? To your daughter, so she'll marry me or get over her issues about marriage. I don't know what's keeping them from getting married, but that's not the way to go about it. Yeah, it's definitely too pushy. Yeah. The only thing that I'm grateful for is that if the mother in law pressures her daughter, it's never seen on screen. We don't get that. And I also think this is supposed to be a food scene because they're eating chicken soup together. Yes, I was about to say the chicken soup. I actually really like this kind of soup. It's like a whole chicken, and you stuff some ginger and rice and spices into the chicken、Broth? anus. Okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> and then you let it boil, and it's good soup. I like it. It's one of my I... favorites. Yeah, samgyeopsang is good. I just think this food scene was like lacking in side dishes, and again, lacking in a visual component. Because the scene wasn't them eating the soup. The scene was them discussing how to get the daughter to be more amicable to the idea of marriage. That's very true. Yeah. Way to ruin that vibe. <laughs> I wish I could have seen more of it because it's one of my favorite meals, one of my comfort foods, I think. Yeah, I think every culture, everyone's like, my mom makes the best chicken soup. So it's like really, really sad. There is actual mom chicken soup here, and they're not doing it justice. Pretty much, yeah. All right, so we go back to the director, and we cut to her office.、Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the girls has a f- vase of flowers at her desk, wilting flowers. And she asks her, like, what's up with the flowers, dude? Why are you just staring at them? Turns out that woman joined an internet community, asked him to dinner. There was no response. He wrote a note on the flowers that says he never meets people in real life. The director warns her against flaky men and that he must have been ugly if he didn't want to show his face. And then one of the co workers, who the director accused of being smelly in the first episode, comes around and gives the other co worker a coffee. And. They deduce that he must like her. I don't really care about this romance. <laughs> I have nothing to say about it. I don't. I thought this whole scene was very, very strange 
because it starts off with the coworker being like, oh, I have really, really great conversation with this guy. So I asked him out. And then his response is to send her flowers saying, I don't meet people in real life. So then she's sad. Like, I lost this great connection because I don't connect with anyone. And then this is where the main female lead is like, he ain't shit. He must be ugly. Let's find you someone who's good for you. Which I think is fair. That's normal, I think, girl talk despite Mm -hmm. the weird situation. What I don't like is that the main female lead then decides to, like, insert herself into her co-worker's love life. Like, I'm going to find you a match. I'm going to find you your next boyfriend. And that's when she notices the co-worker who only gives... The smelly co-worker who gives the flower co-worker coffee. Like, he only gives you coffee. Maybe he likes you. You should go after it. And she's encouraging office romance which I think is very, very messy. I think if office romances should happen, it should only be to the two participating parties. There should be no outside influence. I think outside influence is very, very messy. And I don't like people who are over-involved in other people's lives. I agree. I agree. And her relationship isn't so great either. So I'm like, do you really have a stone to stand on or whatever this expression is? It might be a hill to die on or something. No, a leg... She doesn't have a leg to stand on. That's the expression. Gotcha. Yeah, it kind of just seems like filler because it's kind of a Hail Mary for this one side character's chance at being happy, which I don't appreciate. I don't like it when dramas do that. It's unnecessary because it's it's just filler. It's just 15 minutes when I think they could be closing in on other plot points. They don't need to create or... They don't need to focus so much on the minor characters, especially if it's just blah romance. Yeah, the minor characters' plot point should have been finished like two episodes ago to make way for the main characters' final plot points. And I think I'll get more to my argument about that later. Ooh, okay. I can see where where your tension (laughs) or frustration is coming from. Yeah, yeah. So the two men from before who were laboring together, they're talking. I don't really care about them. They're pining over women. I don't know, they're brothers or whatever. They just talk for a little bit and they go out to get... Carbitang. Carbitang? Yeah. Yes. Carbitang. Which they also don't show us. They just talk about getting it. So what is up with these food scenes? Lack of food scenes? Mm-hmm. Why, why you gotta tease us like this? I don't know. It's just so annoying. I don't understand. Didn't Let's Eat even have a Carbitang or a Samgeptang food scene? Oh, they did it so good, Ryan. They did it <laughs> so good. We really need to watch Let's Eat 3. I think this is where this conversation is going. <laughs> No other food dramas ever. We're we're just diehard, let's eat loyalist fans. Let's eat stands for life. Alright, so then we get introduced wait, to wait, this. Wait. Oh. It makes me so happy. And then we get introduced to this new couple oh <laughs> who I also really don't care about. I think that the woman is from a previous relationship of the doctors, but I'm not sure. Do you want me to confirm that for you? Because it's kind of mentioned on the Wikipedia page. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, tell me, tell me who this person is she or this couple. Is, she is the ex-girlfriend of the doctor. The guy next to her is just her business partner. I think he might have feelings for her, but I think he also knows it's not reciprocated. But Gotcha. That's, that's them. That's their dynamic. Mm-hmm. At the doctor's office, he's talking to his friend and trying to encourage his friend to become a doctor again. 
the homeless doctor, sorry. The homeless doctor refuses and says that he faced hardship before and he doesn't want to return to his previous life, but he's not going to run away this time because he has something worth staying for, which is the CEO of the director's company. A little confusing, but whatever. In what way? I meant the way I phrased it, but... Yeah. I don't really care about him either, so... Okay. I just think he's the most interesting character in the drama, so that's it. I'm sure he is, but I just don't know who he is. Maybe if I had more detail other than the fact that he's homeless and was a psychiatrist. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. He seems to have found himself. He certainly has. But honestly, that doesn't impact my analysis of this final episode anyways, so... Fair point. We go back to the director's office, and she talks about... She talks to her boss, sees how it went with the other man. She wants Sis to spill the tea. You know, they play fight with each other for a little bit, but no details get spilled. And the doctor comes to the office with food, and she tries to, like, go with him on a date, like, to the roof to be secluded from all her other co-workers. One of the co-workers needs her approval on a model before she leaves. It's three pretty girls, their headshots, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's looking at it, too, and he's like, the prettiest girl is her. And he points to, like, the the director, his girlfriend. Yeah. Super cheesy, but I kind of loved it. Really? I didn't like this scene. I thought it was cute. Okay, so the one thing that bothered me, so girlfriend, doctor, boyfriend, they're both staring at the model pictures, and, like, he's, like, really examining them. Like, they're taking their time with it. I'm like, you don't need to involve yourself in her business or her artistic decisions. And then, Mm -hmm. I guess the assistant director lady, who do you like? And she's like, hmm. And that's when the boyfriend interrupts, oh, like, if you wanted my opinion, I think the prettiest girl is, and he's like, my girlfriend. And that was just so cringy. I didn't, I didn't think it'd go there. I thought he was going to start another fight. Like he's going to actually choose a model. And I just didn't like how much consideration and time was spent on the scene. I mean, it was cringy, but I think that's what makes it cute. But I don't like him as a person. So anything that he does, I, I don't see it in a positive light. I guess that's fair, but I think that I needed a reason for them to be together from this final episode because if they just were fighting the whole time and or this is it? arguing, then I would. I mean, it's part of the reason, yeah. Okay, I'll let you I have mean, it. I mean, I need some evidences, okay? I'll just let you have it because he's a very lonely man and he's asking just strangers to eat dinner with him. They go over to the rooftop and he's acting all coy, but he states that he wants to get married after she pesters him to spill the beans on what's bothering him. She seems a little shell-shocked and then she's like, okay, are you proposing to me with a lunchbox? And he says that he will make plans to create an actual proposal, but doesn't give any details, which I thought was, yeah, it was okay. But this is the single most annoying thing that I found in this episode. This conversation here sets up like okay foreshadow he's gonna propose by the end of this episode and that's how the drama ends that's what was going on in my head okay spoiler alert that doesn't happen uh they don't get engaged by the end of this episode um uh, uh, i thought they did get engaged they did not huh okay because at this moment she's rejecting her his proposal and saying like i want a real one so until he actually proposes they're not engaged i didn't see the scene that way i saw it that this is like him giving an unofficial proposal like just seeing how 
her response would be because he it's it's a discussion but it's like kind of romantic and it's about the future and she's like and i think her answer is something like yes i could see myself getting married to you but you cannot propose to me with the lunchbox i want like the whole pop circumstance so in my head like oh great She's getting two proposals in one episode. How unnecessary. I didn't need this. I wanted it because this was a prelude to what I thought was going to be a grand romantic gesture. So I guess the second proposal that's not a proposal because we don't agree on this yet. That was just them setting up, I think, a romantic dinner slash maybe a callback to either their first date or an important date. And I thought that was the proposal. Like, the sun was setting, and I think it's implied that they'd end up together. So to me, I mean, not end up together, but be together forever. So to me, in my head, that scene was second proposal. But was there a ring? Where's no, the there ring? wasn't a ring. Where's the I, ring? So for, for you, there has to be a ring for it to be considered a proposal. Well, she wanted everything. She wanted, you said before, she wanted the pop and circumstance. And a ring is included in that grand gesture. By American standards, I don't know if that's the same thing for the Korean first episode. Standards. She was really excited about the ring her ex boyfriend was going to give her. So rings are still like a thing for proposals in Korea. I know they still are. I just don't know because I think rings mean different things. Because you can have a couple rings, and to me, maybe you won't need engagement rings. You have couple rings. Like if you're the couple that gets couple rings are you also the same couple that needs engagement rings because that's just more jewelry on your finger that maybe you don't need because then you have a couple ring an engagement ring and a wedding ring all on one finger why would you wear all three after you get your wedding ring don't you just wear that one well i watched a drama where the main female lead she lost her wedding ring but she never lost her couple ring so she always wore her couple ring instead okay that doesn't never mind my okay. point is, even if we exclude the ring, did he ever say, mm-hmm. will you marry me at the end? No, he didn't, but it's... Then that's not a proposal. This, this I, if, if that ending ended with a, will you marry me? That's fine. That's a proposal. I'm good. That's Gucci. There's no proposal. So... So you're not okay with all the implication? Yes. They need to just do it. Don't give me the implication of, oh, they're going to get married, they're going to get engaged. You set up that he is going to propose to her, but you never do it. So then why are you setting the scene up anyways? What What is the point? I don't care about if they get proposed to or not, but they heavily implied that he was going to propose. Mm-hmm. So then why have this scene? Why not save it for the la- ending, you know? Why not save it for the last scene? So I agree that he didn't say, let's get married. I agree he didn't give her the ring. And I agree that she wanted all of that. I think maybe the reason why they didn't include it is, A, maybe it's too American standard. Like, I think what we just talked about is necessary for American marriage steps. I don't know. Like, it's the, those things, I think, are very key to a proposal. And an engagement. I don't know how key, how crucial they are. I would to say Korean asking someone to marry you is key to an engagement. Yes, yes. Okay, fine. Then the second thing would be they had two proposal scenes that were implied that he was proposing to her. So I think 
no, they no, no, just no. Did it. We had one implication of a proposal scene. The second one was not a proposal scene. You cannot convince me otherwise. I don't need to convince you because I don't care enough about this drama. I'm just saying, <laughs> in my head, I think that's two, even though they're both very bad proposals. Mm, I disagree wholeheartedly. But because there is two, maybe that's why they put so little effort in both. Because they could have just had one nice proposal scene. Or, I don't know. what I don't know. There's just... No, in my head, there's only one. You can't okay. convince me otherwise. There's only the one. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It matters to me. It heavily impacts my rating. You know what? Since you think it's not official, there's only one. Rate it however you want to rate it. It won't change my rating. Oh, my God. All right. So the next thing we get is the director's co-workers are all meeting up on off-hour work days, I guess. So it's a Saturday or Sunday or whatever. And their boss has called them into a meeting. There's the other couple I don't care about. They bump into the doctor slash director couple. Don't care. She leaves. They go to a restaurant. It's very pretty with flowers, natural light, a lot of white. It's obviously a wedding venue. Mm -hmm. Then the boss comes out in a wedding gown and everyone is shook despite their surroundings. And all the co-workers are asking if this is a prank because they didn't know she had a boyfriend. But her and the other guy, the homeless dude, got married that Mm -hmm. morning. And they wanted to treat them all to a meal. And they all start taking photos and celebrating together. And we don't get to see that food either, so... (laughs) We get a shorter scene with two characters and they share ramen together. It's the girl who left early and the other man who labored with the homeless doctor. They just eat ramen together. She asks why he prepared two because he was preparing two ramens before she came in. But we don't ever get to hear the answer to that, which is rude, I think. But whatever. I want to (laughs) know. The director and doctor couple are driving away from the event. And it's a road that she's unfamiliar with, and he says they're going to get food. But didn't they just come from a food event? I don't... That's a lot of food. It could have just been appetizers, but we were not shown a good food scene. We weren't shown a food scene at all, so we don't know if they ate or didn't eat or how much or what their proportions were. I mean, I just assumed it was a meal because that's what happens at receptions, but... Whatever. So they end up at a food truck and she gets a little annoyed. This is the scene I hate, by the way. Uh, He says that he's good at picking restaurants, which is a line that she said to him when they first met, when they first eat dinner together, because she also picked a food truck. And I guess it's cute. Uh, I don't know. No, he orders for her and I'm like, hold up. She didn't even tell you what she wanted or like looked at the menu. You just ordered for her. I mean, doesn't it say a lot that he knows what she would want before she says anything? Maybe that's just me, but I'm the kind of person who likes to shake things up, so my order wouldn't always be consistent, so no one should be ordering food for me. That's fair. I'm okay if we discuss it, and then the waitress comes, and then because we discuss it, he knows what I want it and just wants to tell that to the waitress. But like even but just like not even letting her glance at the menu is like, oh, you're gonna get the chicken mayo or whatever he ordered her. I'm like chicken Rude. stir fry. Well, I I thought out of it like she has her usuals. I don't actually know if she has her usuals, but she has like her typical orders. He knows what she likes. He just picked out from his database in his head 
what you would enjoy the most. Which I thought well, was kind of cute. Restaurant. You know, if someone knew me that well, I think I would appreciate it. Maybe, but we didn't get to see that dynamic for them. Like, but ever. I think that's built up between chapters 2 and 31. But also food scenes aren't that key or integral to the drama for some reason. So I feel like this is big leaps he's making. Because what was the problem with her first boyfriend was that he made all these assumptions too. He cut the steak for her and then peppered it for her without even talking to her. So like, isn't this, isn't she just dating a similar man? That's a fair point, you know. But to, he didn't really know her because he never really cared. And does this man know her? We haven't really seen that because he goes behind her back to talk to her mom. To, like, how do I convince your daughter to marry me? Instead of talking to the daughter straight up. See, this is where I think we differ because I think that they had talked about marriage before. Okay, well, we can't exactly prove it to each other, so that's fine. Yeah, this is just something we're going to have to disagree on at this point. <laughs> Because I'm making assumptions about the middle and you're making different assumptions about the same thing. Exactly, yeah. Which we'll get to soon. <laughs> so like between like him like calling her naive, being a little patronizing, you know, like kind of like babying her, I I don't always appreciate the gestures he's making, even though maybe you see it as sweet. That's fair. And maybe that's just because we're different people too, you know? Yeah, that is true. But I am a person who likes to be babied, so that's what's like throwing me off. <laughs> oh my yeah right, so this is kind of the ending scene they're eating together by this food truck it's just the two of them i legit thought that because he ordered for her there was gonna be a ring in her food bowl i thought she was gonna be eating that's and then what i was expecting too <laughs> but they had to emotionally blue balls me and prevent me from seeing a proposal scene i hate this allison okay I'll propose to you, Ryan. No. <laughs> that would be my nightmare. You can say no, but I could, you know, still just like offer you a ring. Why would I want that? Why would you want that? I don't mind proposing to anyone. Oh my god. Anyways, uh, they reminisce about the first time they ate dinner together. I'm sorry. Me and my friends propose to each other all the time. Like, I have so many friends that we've just done multiple proposals with. It's maybe our friend dynamic. I don't know. It's chill. That's what I'm saying. Proposals can be chill. That's why this doesn't bother me. They can be, but they also have to say, will you marry me? Even if there wasn't a ring, I would have been satisfied if they just said those words. Anyways, the camera pans out. I got this lovely scene. With them and the food truck and then the beach in the background. I actually really like the cinematography in this scene. Mm. It looked really nice. Like very picturesque. The sunset was very intense. Mm -hmm. And then we hard cut to the credits. That's it. That's the end of mm -hmm. Dinner Mate. So I didn't like this drum. <laughs> obviously. Between the first episode being pretty mediocre and the last one not giving me what I wanted from the ending. I don't know. It really soured my experience. I have one question for you. What would you rate it as is, in your eyes, no proposal? And then if you got a proposal, how, how many uh, additional points would you have given it? I'm rating it a two. And if it had a proposal, maybe a three, 3.5. I mean, it doesn't impact it a whole lot, but I think a whole point, 10% and 15% is pretty impactful. I agree. I don't know. It's just when you first proposed this idea to me, to watch Dinner Mate, I was expecting more food scenes. I was expecting, you know, 
more jovial relationship, I guess, between the two main mm. characters, not one that made me want to pummel both of them. And when they set up that proposal scene earlier on the rooftop, I was expecting an actual proposal. Again, not anything fancy, like a ring in the food that's kind of gross. I wasn't, I was kind of hoping it wasn't that. And it wasn't. Thank God it wasn't. But also, I just wanted him to say, will you marry me? And you know, it doesn't have to be a ring, whatever they're comfortable with, just have them actually be engaged because they set that up previously. So if you're going to okay. set something up, it's going to have to have payoff, but there was no payoff. So it got me really annoyed, which is partly the reason why we do this anyways, to watch the last episode to see if it's worth watching the rest of it. And it's not because there's no payoff. There's nothing. There's nothing for me. <laughs> nothing for anyone. I think if you were less invested like I was, you're just satisfied with the casual agreement that they'll just date each other forever. I think if I did care more about the relationship, I'd be right there with you. Like, why did this man never get down on one knee? Why did this man never do this? Like, I've loved you since the first time we ate together. Corny, cheesy speech. Because you are right. They did really set up. Like, they had, like, the ball rolling towards this, and then instead of, like, seeing it cross the finish line, there was a pit, and the ball is just now stuck in the pit, and it's not moving. Yeah, it's just really annoying to me. And they had the other side characters get married, even though they've had maybe two scenes together. They literally, the reunion scene, where they're just staring at each other with, like, all this energy and chemistry, and then, like, oops, we're married, we just... Literally couldn't wait. Exactly. That's the other thing. They devoted a lot of this episode to the side characters who, especially that one scene with the co-worker and the flowers, was completely unnecessary and yep. not important to any story element. Maybe like a mm -hmm. comic relief segment that could have been resolved last episode or last chapter. But they're choosing to put it in this episode. And that time could have been spent, like, building up more of that, oh my god, they're going to get married, an actual proposal scene that I would have enjoyed, or something else, you know? I also understand what she meant by getting married is hard. I don't think getting married is hard. I think staying married and working on a marriage is hard, but I think the actual act isn't. So I would like... To more clarity or perspective on that issue. Mm -hmm. In my head, I think that I attributed that to just her insecurities with her past idea of like mm. how she was going to get married, you know, with the first, the first boyfriend. Yeah. And then one, th I guess so you rated it already. So I guess it's my turn to rate it. Mm -hmm. I would give it a three out of ten there were no other homages to other movies or other tv shows which i thought would be like a really cool gimmick that they had in episode one and i was kind of disappointed that they dropped the ball on that too or they stopped doing it at some point because if they mm -hmm. did an engagement scene or a wedding scene they could have done an homage to i guess a really good rom-com or whatever because mm -hmm. I thought that would be like part of her identity. She sees things in movie tropes or movie scenes. So that would have been cool. And then there was like no satisfying, I think, tie up to her breakfast at Tiffany reference, which I thought would have also been a nice ending scene. Remember how we watched Prison Playbook? They had yes. this iconic tunnel scene beginning and end. So I wanted like mm -hmm. maybe that nice wrap up. So yeah, 
It, it was like a scene in that. front of that jewelry shop or something like that. I think it would have been cool if they had her in front of the jewelry shop and like that's a fantasy. And then like maybe her husband or her boyfriend calls her name and then like the fantasy washes away and it we set in reality and she's happier in reality than she was in the fantasy sequence. That would have been cute. See, it would have been cute and I wouldn't need the proposal if I saw that because Me that too, because felt... then we would have seen the future. Yeah. I would have been fine with that. And I think it tied in better to her identity. Like she has no identity or person. She had no personality in this Mm -hmm. episode, but she had so much more personality in the first episode. Yeah, this time she's just falling back on typical Korean drama female tropes. Yeah, she she is doing that. I also think that whoever the writer is wrote, I think both boyfriends and both dynamics very similarly. Just one in a more positive light. Who is the writer for this drop, actually? I don't know. It, it started on. off as a webcomic, so maybe that's where some of the influence is. I don't know. Yeah, the writer is from the webcomic. So the, he actually wrote the script, too. Hmm. How disappointing. And the director hasn't really directed anything interesting. So. Okay. Anyways, yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair assessment, I think. Do you want to guess the middle? I kind of do, yeah. Okay. So on the... I use Asian Wiki, Asian Wiki, yeah, Asian Wiki to get all my sources for all of the drama information, like directors, writers, actors, stuff like that. I use Wikipedia. I, Asian Wiki is pretty good, just to say. Oh, I'll check but, it out. Yeah, the I kind of read a little bit ahead, and I also watched the second chapter because I didn't know when to stop. So I have a little bit more under my belt. So what I do know is that the doctor... It was implied in the first episode or first chapter that he was offered to go on television and do a couple of segments. Mm -hmm. He eventually accepts an offer from the director's company and starts doing a psychiatry show at the office. Mm -hmm. So he actually knows everyone there as well. And they're kind of his co-workers as well. And at some point, you know, they see each other. She's the director of his show, so they obviously have to interact with each other. And they decide that to remedy this awkwardness, they're going to have dinner together every time he's on the in the premises or something. So that's why it's dinner made. They have dinner a lot during this drama. Okay. And that's how their romance builds up. They actually enjoy eating with each other, which is a big part of a relationship, I feel. And I don't know, there, you wanted me to talk about the homeless man too, right? So I just wanted you to guess as much as the middle as you wanted or could. And then I was going to ask you a question. Do you want me to do that now? Uh, well, I'm, I'll talk about the homeless man a little bit because I feel like, as it was stated before, she went to, or she, she saw him, talked to him. They built a relationship, found out he was a psychiatrist and probably convinced the doctor to take him in. And like hire him as an adjunct psychiatrist or something. And that's how that relationship builds. He goes to set occasionally, maybe as a guest segment. And that's how he meets the CEO of the company, the CEO and their relationship. She probably thinks that he's way more successful than he probably is. He fakes it till he makes it, then gets caught. They break up for a bit. He goes off to find himself. And that's when the reunion happens. They, they, he found himself and he's more confident. And she realizes okay. he loves, he, she loves her, loves him. Oh my god, I just want everything to be gay. (laughs) She realizes that she loves him. They get back together. They get married. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that I thought you got right that surprised me was that they did break up and get back together again. Of course, it's typical Korean drama trope. (laughs) 
Okay, yeah. So I accidentally watched, not accidentally, I purposely watched episode, purposely watched chapter 30, thinking it was the finale. Because you can't do math. Anyways. (laughs) So after finishing chapter 30, I was like, this makes no sense as a finale. What am I missing? And like, oh, chapter 32. That's, that's the finale. So in chapter 30, so you know the two, so you know the gay guy or the guy that you think is gay for the homeless doctor? Yes. He's the patient or an ex-patient of the homeless doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's also the ex-boyfriend of the main female lead. Not shocking. Yeah. So I think he had some involvement in endangering, I think, the current boyfriend slash psychiatrist dude and he had involvement in making the homeless doctor actually become homeless because he was a doctor first a pretty good one and then due Mm -hmm. to a misunderstanding with his client the client spread bad rumors that ruined his reputation i think his wife or children like abandoned him and then he became homeless and like self-hating and wanted to fix the misunderstanding that was with the client Mm -hmm. but the client being mentally unwell and probably not trusting doctors started this whole revenge arc and then somehow gets involved with (sighs) the doctor's ex-girlfriend so they're romantically tied and it's just it's so messy but i want to know what he did to endanger people because he's not hated but he is problematic Mm -hmm. but i don't know what he did i just know that at one point the psychiatrist or boyfriend had to go to the hospital and i think it's implied because of him interesting Um, i definitely am curious about that but am i curious enough to watch the drama you don't have to watch the drama you can maybe read the webcomic not gonna do that maybe either. the food scenes are better there that'd be interesting also I would hope so the ceo lady and the homeless doctor they have a long history because she also knew him as a homeless man and i think helped him throughout various life stages clean up his act get together break up get together break up blah 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 so they have a deeper longer history mm-hmm. and i wish we got more screen time with them I mean, they probably did in the middle, but I'm in the first and last episode. Yeah, that's another thing. They could have replaced that one scene with the girl with the flowers and added another scene with the CEO and the homeless doctor. I would have been fine with that as well. Same here. I really just think that scene was unnecessary. I just didn't like how over-involved she was in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. But I have nothing to really guess about in the middle since I accidentally watched that episode and it filled in a lot of the mystery. That's fair. That's fair. Oh, I can say one more thing. The ex-girlfriend was also at one point an employee of the content creating company. Oh, yeah. I think I, I, I could have guessed that. Yeah. But she broke off to do her own thing because... She was also involved with the crazy ex-boyfriend, so I think she was involved in office drama and just wanted space and liked to branch off on her own. Gotcha, yeah. All right, well, that was Dinner Mate. I highly recommend you do not watch this. However, I can applaud that they are still recording and directing in COVID-19. You know, this was obviously directed and produced in the summer of 2020, Even at the very end credits, they had a bunch of people 
or they had those like those staff photos that they have mm-hmm. at the end of dramas and everyone was wearing masks except for you know those on screen mm. and occasionally they pulled it down for photos whatever but i can really appreciate that they're trying to produce content to distract people from whatever's going on in the world right now <laughs> i i applaud them it wasn't for me <laughs> probably not gonna watch the rest of it and i'm not gonna recommend it to anyone but if they produce quality content within the next year then i'll be happy and it looks like they're practicing safe you know, recording and social distancing laws everywhere so you know i'm chill i'm fine with it <laughs> i think that's a very nice positive outlook for us to take at the end they tried mm-hmm. and they tried uh with covid friendly practices it just mm-hmm. wasn't for us yeah just not for us man <laughs> all right so next time we will be discussing the first episode of drama world is that right yeah it's drama world drama world so we will see you next time thank you for listening to don't meet me in the middle we want to thank yon onion park for the cover you can find her at cat.on.bread on instagram our intro and conclusion music is the biggest rodent off the album cabibera by louison you can find us on twitter at don't meet me one or on instagram at don't meet me in the middle you can also email us at dnt.m.m.m at gmail.com bye bye